Welcome back to Holy Trinity Deep Dive. I'm Abby, and this episode I will be analyzing more chapters of Ominescent Reader's Viewpoint. Last time I analyzed Ominescent Reader, I did chapters 1 to 40. Chapter 39 left off with Kim Dokcha smacking Yu Jongyo over the head. And chapter 40 begins with Yu Jongyo's reaction or lack of reaction. Kim Dokcha notices that Yu Jongyo just stands there with a gray white aura flowing around him, and then he got a bad feeling. As it turns out, Yu Jongyo had gotten possessed by the theater master's Kaja after it revealed itself. I'm assuming this is what Kim Dokcha was hinting at with Yu Jongyo dying because of his weak mental barriers. But because the theater master has possessed Yu Jongyo, he forces Yu Jongyo to attack Kim Dokja using Force Palm Level Four, and that causes Kim Dokja to get blown to the other side of the rooftop. And then Jing Hyun tried to fight against Yu Jongyo, and Yi Jihei tried to fight against Yu Jongyo, but none of them were strong enough to stop him. And Jing Hyun couldn't use the exclusive skill Judgment Time because the opponent has to be pure evil. And while Yu Jongyo is ruthless, his essence was righteous. Kim Dokja, upon realizing how futile the fighting is, uses the ampule he got from defeating the T-Rex to ramp up his stats. So all of his stats go up by 10. Like for example, his Stanima, which was level 24, goes up to level 34. And then even with Kim Dokja's stats in the third stage, while Yu Jongyo's stats were in the second, he was still being pushed back by Yu Jongyo. During all their fighting, Kim Dokja activates the exclusive skill Omniscient Reader's Viewpoint Stage 2, which allows him to read Yu Jongyo's mind, which reveals Yu Jongyo's thoughts on a loop of it is painful several more times in the future and do I need to repeat this? I knew Kim Dokja, KL, and Han Yujin all had self-deprecating thoughts, but I didn't realize Yu Jongyo was hopping on this trend. <laughs> And then Kim Dokja once again refers to the game Survive Mola Mola, saying that, in fact, sunfish were very durable creatures. They died because they were vulnerable to stress, not because they were weak. This caused me to chuckle a bit because I don't think Kim Dokja is going to let the sunfish thing go. But one thought Yu Jongyo had that really ticked Kim Dokja off was the Who Am I? To which Kim Dokja provided the answer to the rhetorical in his mind question, because that's not going to bring up some questions. But Kim Dokja responds, aren't you a real protagonist? Haven't you only regressed three times? Do you really think so? You have already forgotten the determination of your first attempt. While Yu Jongyo continues to have thoughts like this, like I'm all alone in this world, it causes Kim Dokja to lash out and recount what Yu Jongyo had gone through, when Yu Jongyo had previously died like a fool in the theater dungeon, when he'd cried over his dead little sister, when a prophet had stabbed Yu Jongyo in the back, when his loved one had given birth to a child, when he went crazed after the child died, 
when he fought the demon kings and returnees, and when he fought against the damn reincarnators and finally stood before the constellations. Kimdok just saying, why did I come here if you're all alone? This brings up memories for Kim Dokja too about letters and the old memories of ways of survival, the nightmares of the senior officers in the army. We also get a peek at Kim Dokja's job where he struggled when his bosses were vile and abusive and how Kim Dokja did everything to live in order to survive every day. After Kim Dokju's rant, Yu Jung-yo seems to snap out of it a bit and say, Who are you? Which causes the theater master's Kadra to strengthen his control over Yu Jung-yo because don't want him getting out of control and, you know, having a whale. I chuckled when I read that part because in the middle of this situation, with his companion attacking him, Kim Dokju can still think... Indeed, I had felt hope, but it was unreasonable for him to wake up by himself. Otherwise, he wouldn't be a sunfish. I would be grateful if he didn't commit suicide. Like, you've got this serious thing going on, and then Kondokja's like, nah, if he woke up, he wouldn't be the sunfish I know. But since the persuading tactic didn't work, not that Kondokja thought it would, Kondokja decides to stay true to his promise to hit Yu Jung-yo in their earlier conversation and uses unbroken faith with the ether property converted to fire and the stigma song of sword that he had gotten from E.G. his constellation and fights against Yu Jung-yo. During this, E. Gilyoung summons the sixth grade insect king, Titano Putra, which Kim Dokcha now realizes was the bug friend E. Gilyoung was previously calling Titano. <laughs> Kim Dokcha was quite shocked at this, and I found it really funny. Kim Dokcha was like, you had this insect king on your side the whole time, and you were calling him a pet name, Titano, and he was just aghast. But using this distraction, Kim Dokcha attacks the theater master, and the theater master's Kadra triggers mental erosion. Mental erosion is a advanced cognitive manipulation skill used on Yu Jung-yo. Kim Dokcha wasn't afraid of it because he has the fourth wall, but something unexpected happened the moment the theater master penetrated his head. The book states that this theater master's Kadra becomes embarrassed, and then all types of thoughts gathered in Kim Dokcha's head, and the pages of ways of survival fluttered. And then, because of this, the complexion of the theater master changed as he dug into my head. He looked at the strings around him, and his face whitened. When I read this, I was thinking, wait a sec, did the theater master see what was in his mind and realize who he was? And if so, was he someone important and he doesn't realize it somehow? I wouldn't be surprised if there's like ways to go into the future in the past, like what has Kim Dokcha done? But yeah, the theater master goes, don't tell me you. And then that was the last thing he said. And strangely, the theater master looked at Kim Dokcha in awe. After Kim Dokja is able to kill the theater master's Kadja with the Blade of Faith, he obtains 9,000 coins as compensation and met the conditions to clear the hidden scenario. 
After the fight, they noticed from a distance a meteor shower seemed to be falling. The meteor shower was originally the forerunner of the main scenario. However, the number of meteor showers was more than before. Kim Zulk just said it meant the hall would open soon. Meteor showers were probably falling all over the world. Jung Hee-won admired it, thinking it was pretty, but what she didn't know was while they looked beautiful from a distance, they would be a nightmare for the people it fell by. Because these meteors are actually disasters, whatever that means, Kim Dokjo did not explain. Probably has something to do with more main scenarios and things they have to fight. But this reminded me of a scene in a book where sometimes there's something evil in plain sight and the main character doesn't know. But it's like you get this perspective of an all-knowing character like Kim Dokjo where he knows why everything is happening. So it's really interesting. It's a different viewpoint than normal books. And then Lee Gilyoung makes a wish, and so does Kim Dokja. And Lee Gilyoung asks, what is it? And Kim Dokja responds, I wish to see the novel's epilogue. When he said this, I was just thinking, no, why would you say that? Because normally when you make a wish, you say don't tell people or it won't come true. So does that mean Kim Dokja is not going to see the novel's epilogue? Like, what is going to happen? This scene made me so sad. And then after the fight, it says the fourth main scenario is about to begin. And Kim Dokja leaves Yoo Jong-yo with Lee Ji-hye, his disciple. And Kim Dokja talks to Pyong, trying to ask him, like, did the star stream happen to filter out all the things they said that they shouldn't know? And we learn that all the constellations could hear was, do you really think so? Have you already forgot the determination of your blank attempt? Why are you alone when you blank like a fool in the blank? When you cried over your blank? When your loved one gave blank to a blank? Helping people and fighting against the damn blank? When you finally blank before the blank? Kim Dokju was like, that must be really annoying for them. The constellations couldn't hear anything, but neither could Kim Dokju's Dokubi. So, seems that whatever he's talking about is super. Well, we know what he was talking about, Yu Jung Yo's previous experiences, but I guess they were really top secret. And we get a more personal interaction with Secretive Plotter saying he's excited by Kim Dokju's existence. So. That's pretty interesting, because we know Secretive Plotter wasn't in the novel. It wasn't in Ways of Survival, or at least wasn't a big part of it. And then he gets these indirect messages from the constellations, and he goes to Pyong, his Dokubi, and it's like, in the future, I only want messages about coins. And then Pyong goes, am I your manager? Kim Dokja thinks, after the figure of Pyong disappeared, that he was becoming cute over time, and I was like, that's actually really adorable. They're kind of coming friends. And then Kim Dokja reveals to Jung Hee-won that he knows part of the future because Jung Hee-won had heard part of his conversation with Yoo Jung-yo. And then Kim Dokja's like, aren't you going to kill me? Because wouldn't you be like that whole normal, you know too much now, got to silence you? But he doesn't do that. So they have a conversation about them being companions and whatnot. 
And the interaction here shows Kamdokja is pretty good at reading other people's emotions, but of course not his own. And he won't just admit that he wants people close to him that he trusts. He's like, oh, let's make a deal. But during their conversation, I'm thinking, that's good. They trust each other now. Like, Jung Hee Won is relieved that Kamdokja's honesty. And then Jung Hee Won asks, do you know what I am doing in the future? And Kim Dolce goes, I don't know. Then he just drops a bomb and admits, you didn't exist. Like, damn, Kim Dolce, that was unknowingly cold-blooded. Though I suppose it's better than Jung Hee Won finding out in the future that Kim Dolce lied to her. But Kim Dolce literally goes, there is no Jung Hee Won in the future that I know. But while they're talking, they're heading back to the platform. And as they get closer, they notice that the Landlord Alliance was harassing Lee Hyung Sung. So he walked towards them and spoke in a loud voice, Yoo Sang Ah See, Lee Hyung Sung See, greeting them. And then they get a notification that the fourth main scenario is about to start in five minutes. But first, a sub-scenario, Elector Representative, Category Sub, Difficulty C, Clear Conditions. Take the white flag installed in the center of the platform. Time limit, 30 minutes. Compensation, 1,000 coins. Jungmaro's representative. And then it gives details saying the representative of the station can exercise strong control over the members. So Gong Pildu goes to get this flag wanting power and Kim Dolce uses those terms of contract and command rights that Gong Pildu doesn't know about because he doesn't know that Kim Dolce made a deal with his constellation. And he says, Gong Pildu, down. And Gong Pildu just collapses. And I was thinking, Kim Dolce, did you really have to humiliate him and use a dog-like command? But Kim Dokja grabs the white flag and becomes the representative of Chungmuro. This qualifies him to walk the king's road. And by having possession of lag, like a strong energy rises in his body. And he thinks originally this was something the third turn Yu Jungyo should have. But doesn't matter. He's pretty much like finders keepers. <laughs> Another notification comes up and it says, if the white flag doesn't change owners in the next five minutes, Chungmuro will be under his control. And if the flag is snatched in the next five minutes, the timer will reset. So Lee Hyung Sung protects Kim Dokja using Hercules' shield that Kim Dokja got him from the dungeon scenario and he uses the exclusive skill Wide Area Defense. A translucent shield centered on Hercules' shield surrounded their party. And indeed, this was the secondary skill attached to an A-grade item. Pildu's able to get up, and he tries to attack him. And Gimdolchu goes, Pildu, did I tell you to get up yet? And then when he tries to get up again, he says, keep your head on the ground until I tell you to get up. And I was like, oh my god, Kim Dokja. What a great way to make allies. But once the sub-scenario ends and he gets a thousand coins as compensation, the main scenario starts. The so main scenario for struggle for the flag. Category main, difficulty C, 
clear conditions. Every stage has a flag and a flagpole that can be occupied. The flag can only be carried by the representative of the station. You need to protect the flag from the other station's groups. If the flag is taken away by another group, the losing group will be taken over by the group that occupied the flag. You can put a flag in the flagpole of another station. The authority of the flag is only for the representative of each station. Once the representative dies in an armed conflict, the authority of the representative is transferred to the person who holds the flag first. If you take the flag of another station group, the treatment of the group deprived of the flag is determined by the group that took the flag. You must occupy the flagpole of the target station within a certain time limit. Failure to do so will result in the death of all group numbers. The target station your group should occupy is Changshin Station. Time limit, 12 days. Compensation, 2,000 coins. Failure, I mean, it just said you would die. <laughs> totally unrelated, but I love how the timing always lines up when the scenarios and the sub-scenarios start and end. Like that sub-scenario started five minutes before the main scenario and then ended right before the main scenario started. It was so satisfying. And then Yu sang ah and Hyung sung were like, we don't have to kill anyone anymore, right? And I was like, oh my gosh, they're too innocent for this world. And then he talks to Gong Pil too, and he's like, I want you to protect this place. I want to enforce it with a command. If you follow my request, there will be a reward. And then Kim Dong was like, think carefully, think about your family. And then Gong Pil Doo's eyes became bigger at Kim Dong words, and he goes, you how? And then at this moment, a noise was heard from the tunnel. Bang. There was a loud horn sound and headlights shone on the railway of line four. There was a bike engine sound and an exhaust sound. Something was coming towards Jung Moral. So after Kim Dokja's heartfelt conversation with absolutely no threatening or implications to Gong Pildu's family, it seems like someone's come to attack them at Jung Moral Station. But the guy goes, don't be wary, we don't come here to fight, and says, I am Hung Yoon, and I help manage the Dong Demun group. And they keep trying to convince Kim Dokja to make an alliance with them, but they're really suspicious, and they decide to go to Dong Demun to form an alliance, and... Yusenga is like, why would you come to us? We just opened. Like, why, why are you waiting? Because as it turns out, Chungmuro Station is the last one to end the third scenario, the third main scenario. So they're two days behind everyone else. And it's like this in Ways of Survival too. And then Kim Dok just asking while they're on the bikes to Dongdaemun. And he goes... For example, if you come here, there will be a man called Yu Jong-yo. Like, Kim Dook's just like, me hear anything about him? Mm-hmm. But Kim Dook-cho realizes, well, he probably knew from the start, but we realize that Kim Dook-cho knew it was a trap, and they jump off the bikes using Yu Sang-ah's binding thread. And Kim Dook-cho is like, it was a type of seatbelt, and it was an incredible 
feet that made you sing out seem like Spider-Man. And as it turned out, they could hear sounds coming from Chongworo, so there was already a melee happening on the platform. And one of the enemies was wearing a red flag around his head like a bandana, and they realized that's the representative. And when Kim Dokto was fighting Hanyun, he was like, wow, kind of weak. And I was like, yeah, no one's going to compare to you, Jongyo. And second of all, damn, can they not get a break? They just keep getting attacked. And the red flag even gives an attack and defense increase by 5% to every member of the Myeongdong group. But the Chongro station still beat them. So they're questioning Hang Yoon because he's the only survivor because they kind of killed all the other guys from Myeongdong. So... He's the only survivor, so they questioned Hang Yoon for the information, and and Kim Dokto was like, it's most likely the prophets, the people they met in the theater dungeon, mentioned hidden information that other people didn't know. And Kim Dokto had been searching through ways of survival, but he never saw the group name Prophets. So he was like, who are they then? And he had two hypotheses. One, due to an unknown variable, a new prophet had appeared apart from Anna Croft. The second, besides me, there was another reader. Kim Dokjo thought the later was more probable because the prophet attribute wasn't so easy to obtain. Furthermore, prophets was plural. So I think my thoughts earlier about other readers were correct, which is interesting. And we learn that these prophets might be people from Pyongmo Station because that's where Hang Irun is saying Han Myeongdong got their information about Chungmuro from. And then during all of this, Yu Jongyo is still unconscious, and Kim Dojo is upset that Yu Jongyo is sleeping peacefully when he's working so hard. Kim Dojo is like jerk. He was the main character, yet he wasn't going through any hardship. Meanwhile, I was the tired one, despite being the reader. I was like, dang, Kim Dojo, maybe this is payback for reading his whole life story as a book. And Ijihe is there attending to her master. And she starts questioning what Kim Dokja had said to Yongyo, like, and restating, saying, I came here because of you. Why are you alone? We are together. And Kim Dokja's like, no, wait a minute. Please stop. And Ijihe just keeps going. I've always been around you. Don't lose hope. Think of the child. And Kim Dokja's saying, no, this isn't what I... And Ijihe just keeps going. Why did I come here if you're alone? Kim Dokjo just stared at E.G. Hay for a moment, and it was like, no way she could hear it this way. And E.G. Hay says something like that, Azashi, you and Master, and Kim Dokjo just sighs and goes, think what you want. And then she refers to the letter Kim Dokjo had given her to give you Jongyo as a love letter, saying, indeed, don't worry, I'll give him this love letter. And then Kim Dokjo just shrugs, turns around, and behind his back, Ijihe continues, and she goes, wait, how did you give birth to a child? And he, Kim Dook just goes, ask you, Jongyo. And he's like, yeah, you, Jongyo, I'm gonna leave everything to you. And I just, this scene is hilarious, because how do you misunderstand it like that? She missed so many words. Like when Kim Dook just said, when your lover gave birth to your child, Kim Dook didn't say when 
I gave birth to our child. Like, oh my god, I can't. It's hilarious. So after that ridiculous, yeah, hilarious conversation, Kim Dokjuk occupies Myeongdong Station by taking the flag. And as a result, the white flag becomes a red flag. And his influence has expanded by taking over a new station. And a hidden scenario has arrived. The king's road has begun. Dun dun dun. But the hidden scenario, King's Road, the category hidden, difficulty A, clear conditions, take over a minimum of 10 stations within the time limit. This makes me wonder how many stations there are. Like, I know this is happening in Seoul, Korea, but is there anywhere else or is Seoul, Korea just that big? But the time limit is 10 days, the reward, the attribute of a king. Failure, if you cannot take over a minimum of one station per day, you and your group members will all die. On that happy note, once Kimbilk just starts this quest, he cannot turn back. There are only two fates for a king. Become a king or die. And during all this, Kimbilk notices Yusenga is feeling a little down and and her inferiority complex was quietly festering because all of her previous specs, everything she was good at before the apocalypse had become obsolete in this new world. But Kim Dokja was like, you're too good to be jealous of other people. Like, look at me. I'm not even that amazing. Like, I'm only alive because I had no childhood and decided to read a novel for more than 10 years straight. This also brings us back to their first real interaction on the subway, when Kim Dokja says, since his name means reader, he will have the life of a reader. And since Yusenga's name means ivory, she will have an ivory life. She's like, yep, wrote it on the notepad of my smartphone. I don't think Kim Dokja realizes how much he actually means to people. And Kim Dokja tells her, Yusenga, see? has things to do here. I can't leave the unconscious Gilyung alone. I need someone to monitor Gong Pildu and to control the nervous group members. Besides, the Heian forces must be kept in check. They might attack while we're away. And Gong Pildu's here, but Yusenga's binding thread might be necessary. And she's like, can I do this role well? And she spoke very weakly because of her low self-esteem. And Kim Dokja says, hey everyone, in that way, I will give you Sangha seat a job position. What do you think? And Lee Hyung Sung and Jung Hyun think for a moment for nodding and saying, okay, I can trust it if it is you Sangha. And King, if you wish, then do so. I think we know which is which. <laughs> so... Kim Dongsha uses the unique permissions of a representative to transfer some of his authority to group member Yusenga. So Yusenga immediately gets to working in the shadows and gets people organized and receiving orders. Sentries were set up, people were put in charge of different areas. Some of the landlords said they wouldn't listen, but since Yusenga is now the deputy of Chongro Station. She can give punishment out. 
and Jung Hee-won looks at Kim Dokjo and says, Good job. I felt that Yoo Sing-a had been a bit depressed. And Kim Dokjo responds, I didn't select Yoo Sing-a, see, because I was thinking of her emotions. Which, keep telling yourself and everyone else at Kim Dokjo, but okay. And I thought Yoo Sing-a, see, would do really well. Jung Hee-won goes, Oh, is that so? Then please give me something later. It should fit me. And Kim Dokjo goes, how about an executioner? And then Jung Hyun grumbled and turned her head away, and Kim Dokjo's like, hmm, good after all the jokes you played. And then Jung Hyun goes, that gangster on the roof, is it okay to leave him? And Kim Dokjo goes, oh, you mean you, Jung Yo? And Jung Hyun's like, hmm, guess his name is similar. And then Kim Dokjo asks Jung Hyun if she has a sibling. And Jung Hyun says he has a brother one year younger, saying how easily he defies Jung Hyun and that she has to take him to school instead of their mother. But Jung Hyun's like, we are family though. And Kim Dojo goes, I'm similar, but not in the case of having a brother or a sister or something. That's just how I feel about Yoo Jung Yo. And Jung Hee-won goes, then do you like him or hate him? And Kim Dokjo responds, I hate him. I fought with many people because of him. And reveals he wasn't the only reader of Ways of Survival in the early days. Quite a few people followed along out of curiosity up to the 10th chapter. There were also 12 readers at the 50th chapter. So, there are other readers, but I doubt any of them went as far as Kim Dokjo. I bet they probably didn't go farther than like a hundred or something at most. They also get the notification that Dongdimun Station has been taken over. And that's the station that attacked them at the very beginning. So it seems as if they were set up by the prophets to leave and go attack Jomoro, and then the prophets took over Dongdimun Station. And then at this moment, Yi Hyungsung reacted saying people are coming. And Kim Dokjo is like, I get to meet my first prophet. And the group of men pulled out weapons, and Kim Dokjo goes, We're from Chungmuro. And someone uses their explorer attribute on Kim Dokjo, but the exclusive skill fourth wall has blocked the explorer attribute. This is so exciting to read because I feel like the first chapter is just the setup and you understanding everything going on in the world, but now Kim Jokja can really let loose. I'm excited to see what he does. So the guy who got blocked stumbles like he'd been shocked and hesitates for a moment before turning bewildered eyes towards Kim Jokja. And he goes, I'm sorry, what's your name? And then Kim Jokja glances at Jung Hee Won and Lee Hyung Sung once smiles, then said towards the man, in the coldest and heaviest voice he could, I am Yoo Jung-yo. Kim Dokja pretends he's Yoo Jung-yo. I am so excited to see what happens. I can't believe he's actually imitating him. What's gonna happen when Yoo Jung-yo wakes up? And like, what if Yoo Jung-yo runs into them and he's just like, Kim Dokja, you absolute bastard like how oh my god he's gonna try to kill him isn't he Yu Jung-yul's definitely gonna try to kill Kim Dokja but oh my god I can't even I do wonder how 
Kim Dolce is gonna do with the hidden scenario, the King's Road. I'm assuming they're gonna get one station each day, otherwise he would die. There is the possibility that they get overtaken, but I doubt that would happen with Kim Dolce. But I'm super excited to meet the prophets and get to know their character. It's like, all of them are probably gonna be like, oh, look, we know this, we know this. And then Kim Dolce is just gonna be there pretending to be Yoo Jung Yo. Cause my assumption is the prophets want to be useful to Yoo Jung Yo so they can survive. But Kim Dolce just gonna be sitting there like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I read the whole thing. What did you guys do? And I have it downloaded on my phone. Like, you can't compare. But next episode, I will be analyzing chapters of Trash of the Counts Family, which I'm also excited for. Thank you for listening in on this episode. See you next episode.